If you were to win a gold medal at one Olympic sport, what would it be? Disappointing my parents. What is going on, baseball fans? My name is Jack, or Baseball's Dirty Little Secret. Joined here by Lorenzo Rumble Pony, many call him, and producer Wilson is here, of course. And just one quick note on the Rumble Pony nickname, because I've seen some people talking about it. It is named after the minor league team. We're not oh, ripping yes. them off. It is an homage. Yeah, I am their mascot, some would say. Like, I have yeah. embodied everything they stand for, so... Yeah. I'm very happy about that. By the way, Jack, did you see that the Savannah Bananas won whatever league they're in, World Series or Championship? I thought that was cool. I did see that, yeah. I was they, like, dang. I I think they won, like, every single game. So I started to have questions because, like, I'll just see them tweet out, like, we're winning 72-0. I'm like, is this because you're the only team who, like, has an account and all the other teams are just, like, actually winning? But you're like, nah, we're crushing them right now. Yeah, I mean, either way, go for the bananas. Yeah, go for the bananas. How you doing, though? How is your week? It's a nice, brisk Sunday night. We're having yeah. a good time. It Fall is not on the horizon, but it's mentally coming into my brain. Like, Ooh. I'm starting to desire the thoughts of some apple cider in a blanket. Ooh. And it may, it might be a little early for that, but, you know. See, it, I know what you I know what you feel because, like, I was looking through my closet deciding what am I going to wear for, like, impress you today because, obviously, like, Sundays are the days that I have to dress nicest for you. Mm -hmm. And I saw a sweater and I was like, I would love to put this on and then clasp a cup of tea with two hands, like, after Mm. a long day of work. Like, (laughs) kind of a a stepmom of three watching their kids watching – Watching their kids open Christmas presents. Yeah, and, like, a nice two-hand grab of a cup of tea. And, you like, you go up and you're like – even though the mugs are just straight up designed with a handle, it feels better when you cup it, when you just cup the mug and don't even use the handle. It feels a, like rebellious, maybe. Does anybody actually use the handle on a mug? I don't think so. I think they're just for show. Yeah, I don't think I've ever grabbed them. It kind of doesn't work. If you have like a full cup, the balance is totally, sh- it hurts my wrist. Yeah, you got to have finger strength for sure. Um, You know that feeling... When something, like, embarrassing happens or, like, something just mentally tragic in your everyday life, which happens to us a lot. I kind of live in a when, constant state of shame, so yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and when that does happen, all your other shame comes back because your brain's, like, piling it on. You know that Oh, feeling? yeah. It's like, remember in, like, fifth grade when you said that yes. dumb thing to that person? Yeah, yeah you suck. And I'm like, great. Right. I was reminded today because I had an awkward encounter um, with just like i'm not good with small talk it's kind of the worst so it just always ends bad for me and all the shame came back to me of when i biked into a car in high school wait you biked into a car yes there's a story here that we might have to get into it's so bad i was biking home from school i was a freshman in high school and i was biking on the wrong side of the road you know how there's like bike rules but like what are like you're not a car get over yourself bikers just buy yeah, i'm gonna vehicle. be kind of i'm gonna be honest with you bikers kind of the worst breed of people yeah i mean like guys on tight things wearing spot spandex normally i'm all into that but when you're two seconds away from bumping into my rear view mirror i'm out like maybe I'm, just buy a subaru 
I'm going to bike to my 9 to 5 job. It's like, all right, be like the rest of us sad and depressed out here exercising. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're like, save the environment, idiots. Um, but I was biking home, and I ran straight into a parked car. It's essentially <laughs> there's a there's a whole, there's a step missing in your story bike there, car how did how did we get yeah. here that's what the i need to was, know puberty really was just you know my, i was just it was struggling i was just you know when you're just struggling to simply exist when you're like 15 oh damn that was deep were, were yeah. you sad were you having like a bad day so you were like ominously looking no, into no, no, the no. distance for like no specific reason but you were sad no, it's just like all your bones are growing and stuff that I like walking was just difficult. Just, just your body so, didn't work right. <laughs> yeah. So I was biking probably like at a decent, like eight mile per hour clip, and I go <laughs> right into the front of a car, and I it stops me in my tracks. I'm in like the middle of a sidewalk, and then I open the door. The guy opens the door of the car. There's a guy in it. Oh god! And it's my science teacher. Oh no! <laughs> so he and he was like, "Oh, like, are you okay?" Kind of mad at me, which I was like, "I mean, you were in the I'd, car." I'm gonna like, be honest like with you though. Fault. I'd be kind of mad at you too if you just like if I saw a teenage Jack Doyle slam into the side of my car <laughs> on a bike, I'd be like, "What is this kid doing right now?" <laughs> I was just speeding through a crosswalk, and then boom, a huge black vehicle. I remember what it looks like still. Don't know the name of the car because did you did you do that thing when like on a bike where you like come off the front of your seat to where your like chest hits the handlebars and you're like oh yeah my chest like almost hit the car and I was like oh, oh what is happening and then my science teacher my freshman year science teacher biology I think it was he comes was. out and he's like hey are you okay you just ran into my car on your bike and i wasn't even moving <laughs> and i was like dude i've been parked for like four hours yeah. <laughs> and i was in i just remember being in such shock that i couldn't i wasn't i couldn't talk i was just like and he was like are you a little rattled and i was like yeah and he was like okay well just don't bike into people's cars and then the next day and for the rest of high school, we never talked about it again. I sat in the front row of his class every single day, knowing I had biked into his primary vehicle. And it was just never addressed. Just silence. Was there damage to the bike? The car I don't care about. But did you, like, ride a damaged bike away? Like, was the, the handlebar yeah, a little offsetter from the tire? So you had to, like, overcompensate as you shamefully yeah. rode away? My bike was limping and whimpering as I rolled down like, the brick road. That's a bad th- – and that's how Jack failed freshman chemistry, guys, or biology. Yep. That's a, that's kind of a brutal time. Dude, I, I I just imagine some poor middle-aged science teacher, like, eating a ham and cheese in his car, listening to, yeah. like, the AM radio, and he just casually sees <laughs> a body on his windshield. <laughs> it, like, it was like hell? when a bird flies into the windshield, really. He's like, ah, what is that? And I was also being like – Obviously, that's what I do when I bike. <laughs> you just you got so shocked that you didn't say words. You just started making seagull noises at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the te- I mean, the teacher. That's why he wasn't upset. Was- <laughs> and I, I don't blame him because it really looks like oh. something was wrong with me. I like to visual visualize it as the car was the Phillies and me slamming into them is the Mets. That's such a good analogy and a great turnover is that I might I might come through this screen and hug you. Dude, hmm. can I – just before we get – can I be honest with you? I feel like I haven't hugged you in a while. 
and I'm kind of feeling a little empty on the inside. It's been a while since you gave me a good squeeze. How many times have we hugged? Under five, and it kind of upsets me. We've definitely yeah, had a, a we've had an embrace before, but it's been a while because I usually remember them. I'm a squeezer. Yeah, but then you then you start leaning in, and every time <laughs> I have to shut you down. And at a certain point, five times is just too many. Oh, you got a girlfriend. We get it. All right, <laughs> cool. You don't love me the way I feel about you. We get it. We get it. Also, hey, producer Wilson. I don't think we mentioned him. How you doing? I'd mentioned him in the most subtlest, depressing way possible, which I feel is what he deserves. I agree with that. But great. I'm just going to take your transition and go with it. The Mets and the Phillies, they met up first place on the line. That's why I'm wearing this shirt, guys. Bryce Harper for MVP. Get over it. People hate that, by the way. We can get into that. But the Mets went into Philly. I think they played it in Philadelphia, right? Or was it in New York? I'm pretty sure it was at Citizen Bank. But, yeah, it was at Citizen Bank because when Bryce Harper hit the dinger, it was electric. I got that right. Um, They Mets go into Philly. Division on the line. And they get swept. Philly brings out the broomsticks. Bryce Harper goes off. And now the Mets fall all the way to third place in the NL East. While the Phillies, don't look now. The Phillies are kind of hot. 59 and 54 on the season. Leading the NL East. Leading the MVP race with Bryce Harper. And the NL East just went from the Mets division to lose to the Mets kind of the last team in the division to make the wild card like they're like the least the least what yeah. i can't talk right now their odds are the least <laughs> in one weekend they went from first place to third place and that's Brutal. not ideal the braves are also they hit the milestone of coming over 500 for the first time all season so watch out for the braves Dude, the NOEs now it went last week it felt like everybody was under 500 and there was like no clear winner 59 and 53 for the Phillies, 8 and 2 in their last 10. That's a that's not a bad record. I don't good, hate yeah. that. 57 and 55 for the Braves and then 56 and 55 for the Mets. And it honestly just makes me wonder about the Mets. The Mets are 2 and 8 in their last 10. The Phillies are 8 and 2. Braves are 7 and 3. It kind of makes me wonder if the Mets didn't they lost the division already. Like did they already lose it by not winning it? When every other team couldn't get their stuff together, like the Braves struggling and the Phillies, and the Mets were the only team that felt like they were like operating at a high playoff level the entire season, they led the division for 90 straight days. Did they like lose their opportunity to win the division already? Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the season. It's still really close. But I agree. But the Mets definitely... They didn't run away with the division. They just happened to be in first place. I don't think they were, like, that dominant first place team. Um, It just happened. I mean, even the Phillies, the record that's leading the NL East is under 60 wins still. Like, it's such all teams have been underperforming. Even the Mets, I think when they were in first place, they were underperforming. So, I don't know what's going to happen. But right now, the energy is that the Mets are not going to have a strong second half and teams like the Phillies are they are finally hitting their stride which is what you want to do you want to hit your stride in the second half and not in April for me it feels like the Mets kind of have had this weird impending doom feeling for the past couple weeks and like 20 years yeah it feels like oh when are the Mets gonna blow this and like I know Mets fans are not gonna like to hear that 
I got a little bit chirped by Mets fans on Twitter. Like, you guys just talk negatively about the Mets. I don't think we try to. But I think they, Mets fans love – I think that's a favorite thing. I will say Mets fans might be the most negative organization. Like, fa- Mets fans always are, like, upset. Yeah. I, I think that that's the part – part of being a Mets fan is kind of that, like – so excited, so much talent, but we're always disappointed. So I think that's that's kind of on brand. I guess so. I just got a little bit confused. I'm new to Mets world, so mm-hmm. take it take it easy with me. But I don't know. It felt like for me, I watched a lot of this series this past weekend, and it felt like me to me the Phillies were a clear team on like a mission. Like the Phillies had a mission. They went into New York. They the Mets came in. They went into that series like we're gonna dominate, and there's nothing you can do about it. And there really wasn't anything the Mets could. It, at some point, I felt like I was watching. I was like, "Oh, the Phillies are a playoff team," and I was like, "The Mets just aren't." That's kind of how it like, felt. If I'm going to boil it down, yeah, I I think. And if you look at the Mets' schedule, I think they play 14 games back to back against the Giants and Dodgers. Either is that August or September? I think that's August. I'll, I'll so, get it up right yeah, now. Yeah, the last two weeks of August, they play two series against the Dodgers, two series against the Giants. So if you're a Mets fan, this is probably yeah, it's August. the lowest you are right now. So, But hopefully it can improve. So I don't drink – haters drink the tears now. Mets fans line a bath of wine and just Ooh. be sad. But it can't – I think morale can't get worse. And if it does, that just means like you're on to next year because it's it's at a low point right now. So the only thing I would counter is they played two consecutive series against the Dodgers and Giants, but then they played that exact same two consecutive series against the Marlins and the Nationals. So we could be looking at a stretch where, like, they get two of the hardest teams in baseball then two teams that are going to be completely out of it in the middle of September who don't really care and will be completely mailed in. So it could go both ways, but I think this weekend, classic sports talk radio thing, this told me a little bit more about the Phillies than it did about the Mets. Because I've known yeah. the Mets, the Groms hurt. There is this weird juju thing going on with them. It just doesn't feel like that. But the Phillies all year have not been on our radar. We haven't talked a lot about the Phillies. They haven't deserved to be talked about a lot. And it's always been, the, are the Braves going to take over the Mets? That's kind of like what it felt like the conversation was for the most of the season. Like, yeah. when are the Braves going to get hot? And then the, the Phillies. Ever since they got... Gibson, honestly, since like the beginning of July, they've been a really good baseball team. And they kind of, I'm slowly leaning more and more towards the Phillies having a legitimate chance to like make some serious noise in October. They got, that team's got really good energy and they got so much talent. They do have good energy. They do seem to be like, they're going to be that team of August. Um, I don't, it's, obviously the season goes in waves. I think this is more of a, the Mets are so fun to talk about that when they're bad, it's really fun to talk about. And this got a lot of press. And the Phillies are also playing great baseball right now. But I think what we've learned from the first half of the season is like, it's going to be a long 50 games left. But right now, I don't really know what point I'm trying to make here. I think I'm agreeing with you. See, I look at the Phillies right now, and they're a little bit more losing streak-proof than the Mets are. Because 
it's yeah. hard to have a losing streak when you have Nola, Wheeler, and Gibson going on the mound every five days. And what Wheeler did today, the Mets try to salvage the sweep. Wheeler go out there and two hits them and just absolutely shoves and dominates in an yeah. insane fashion. Right when the series is online, Zach Wheeler could win the NL Cy Young this year. Like, that's not a stretch. He, if DeGrom doesn't qualify, Zach Wheeler could win the NL Cy Young, and Bryce Harper could win the NL MVP. This might be the, this might have to be the new meme where every episode, I think for four episodes in a row, you've said a different player saying, I think they're the front runner for NL Cy Young. <laughs> Who did I say last week? <laughs> last week was Bueller, I think. He technically is the front runner. If we're doing like statistics, he's the front runner. But I know that a lot of people are hot on the Wheeler pick. Like he's kind of like the yeah. hot pick to have. Yeah, I think if you're a Phillies fan, that. you're obviously <laughs> you want, or even Mets fan, it's like oh, World Series or bust because that's what fans do. But the NL East to me has this weird feeling as like an AL fan primarily of like who's gonna win this division and scrap it out because even the Phillies are not even at sixty wins. The Giants are at seventy. And then it's like, oh, but then who's going to face the Dodgers? Who's going to face the Padres and Giants and Brewers and stuff like that? It's true. But I do think that the Phil- the Phillies seem like a team that has a better chance in October right now. Now that might change. Like I said, the Mets, they could get hot. But the big thing to come out of this was Mets fans, as you said earlier, everybody was juiced for this series. This is the most juice. This was more juice than Astros-Dodgers to me. This is like... The most hyped series, in my opinion, of the year so yeah. far. Like, there was a ton of energy going into this Phillies Mets series, division on the line. And then the Mets get swept, and Pete Alonso comes out after. And I don't think, have you heard these quotes yet? I don't think I've told I you haven't. about them. So I didn't write them down for that exact reason because I didn't want you to see them. So Pete Alonso comes out after the game, and he gave a little bit of like a manifesto to Mets fans. And he basically said, Hey, don't worry. We got this, paraphrasing, paraphrasing, but that was kind of his quote. Don't worry, we got this. And he also said, baseball is for fun. Just be happy that you get to watch baseball. Smile that you get to watch baseball in response to, like, your team just got swept. Okay. I'm assuming people really hated that. People hated that. I don't hate that that much because that's obviously, like – I see straight through that, and I'm like, I'm okay with that, because you know it's in such a... That players are in the worst position ever, because no one deserves that much scrutiny, but then also they're getting paid millions, so people will never stop scrutinizing. Like, Pete Alonso, like, I feel bad for him, but also, can you feel bad for him because he's playing a game for millions? Um, or actually, not so, even millions. He's not even making a million he's dollars. He's not yet. making millions. But I got free quotes for you. So I want you to give me your honest reaction to each one. And I feel like a lot right. of fans are going to feel differently on this. So I, I think I know where you're land. But the first one, quote unquote, believe in us and don't just believe. No, just smile and know that we got this in response to them falling to third place. That was the quote he gave. That's the first one. Okay. I think that's a classic. I like that just smile and know that we got this. That kind of makes me trust him. Slight um, cockiness to it. It's a yeah. weird cocky message after you just got swept and kind of pantsed by your division rival. But I'm into it. Yeah, but the per- like you have to say that because you don't want to come out and be like, "Well, I hope we win the division." I agree. It the cockiness and the confidence there kind of felt just weirdly placed. It was like if you said that a week ago, that's a cool quote. Now it's trying to like eh, just bad timing, I guess. But I I do like well, what I get your point. That's the that's the point though. I think even I do if agree. It, he probably doesn't believe that, but it's a good thing to say. 
And like you said, you can't say, oh, we're going to lose the division. you got to kind of come out and believe in you. So I, I get that. And they are only two games back. So we are overreacting for sure. The second quote, I think we're in a really good spot because we're hitting balls hard and they just aren't falling our way right now. But it'll turn around. That one just seems like classic. But everybody was kind of getting upset about that. Yeah, it seems pretty normal to me. I mean, the Mets are, they're so hyped and they have so many fans and people love hating them. That's why we're having this conversation. They're two games back the division. I think everybody was upset because you said we're in a really good spot. But now I feel like people are just nitpicking because he got I mean, kind of ratioed and murdered about that one. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously you want to be in first place, but they've been in first place the whole year. Now they're two games back. It's not like the season's over. I agree. Now, here's the quote that everybody kind of went off on. The exact quote. Smile. You get to watch baseball. It's a game. I understand that it's frustrating. Just smile and just know that we got this. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it because I agree with him. But I understand why people are upset about that one. Yeah, the angry sports fans aren't going to like that. But I think we we try to be... There's a different way to then not just be like yelling at your TV screen for the whole season. I think that's not a great way to enjoy sports. I agree, and I 100% agree with that. But I do understand if you are a, to play devil avocado here, if you're like a diehard Mets fan and you're watching every single gay and then somebody just tells you, smile, you get to watch baseball, it's a game. Yeah, I guess that is... The it's a game part after like your team lost and you're kind of getting like pressure put on you and your response is, hey guys, you know, it's just a game. To some yeah. people, it's more than a game. So I can understand why they'd be upset. That's obviously like he wouldn't have said that if they won. That's obviously exactly they're in they're down right now. So it's he'll probably regret that. I would or maybe not regret saying that. But I don't think he should regret it. It's I but I do understand if you're like a bitter Mets fan right now and you're having like a bad time. Yeah, it kind of it it feels like a little bit of a not a shot, but it does kind of feel like a shot. Like hey guys, why are you so angry? It's just a game. Yeah, it's him being really sick of people sending him death threats because he didn't hit a home run. And you shouldn't, obviously. Don't attack players for not performing. That's just stupid. It's, yeah. It is just a game at the end of the day. Like, we talk about a game for a living because we're stupid. But yeah. it, I get it. Because I'm going to be honest with you. If I think if a Red Sox player said that today, and we'll get into our Red Sox, I think I would have been a little bit upset too. If, like, I, if they sure. were like, if, like, J.D. Martinez came out and said, why are you guys so, like, smile, guys. We, you get to watch us play yeah, baseball. It, it's just a game. It's like, well, what, you're losing. I'm sad. I don't want to see you lose. It's a bad quote. I understand it, but it is not. It's it's in a place where Pete Alonso is struggling, clearly. You want to know what that sounded like? It sounds like me and you watching the Red Sox season end and being like, well, you know, it's just a game. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah. Like, what, if, like, we lost it, watch our favorite team get eliminated. You're like, ah, life goes on. It's just a game. It's, like, justifying. He's trying to justify the pain, yeah. I agree. But I just wanted to do that because I always, I didn't, I know you didn't see them, and a lot of people were losing their minds on that. But anyways, Phillies, good for you. Bryce Harper. I don't know if you saw, like, the, the clip of the Bryce Harper home run. It was the first time it felt like Bryce Harper in the Phillies thing. I was like, that's the energy I've been waiting for. Bryce Harper in yeah. it, it finally clicked. I was like, there it yeah, is. It, 
it took a while, and I think a big part of that is, like, the Phillies not having that much hype. Now that they have that right now, it's clear that over the next 10 years, if they don't trade them, Bryce Harper, when the Phillies are on, it's the Bryce Harper show. And I love it. And Philadelphia is, like, kind of a crazy fan base, like, obviously. Oh, yeah. But, like, that was a moment of, oh, Philadelphia and Bryce Harper kind of, like, work perfectly together in that yeah. clip. I was like, that's awesome. And he kind of, like, pimped it. It was beautiful. We haven't seen that since he's, like, sprint around the bases for the Grand Slam. So it was yeah, nice to see that it's energy. It's been a while. And I think what also kind of culminated together of this weekend, I know we're talking mainly about the Phillies and Mets so far, but now because the Phillies are in first place and the Bryce Harper MVP talks, they're just kind of coming together and it's like, now it's like Phillies to the World Series and there's all this stuff being thrown around. I did think it was funny. Bryce Harper literally owned the weekend and then Mike Trout's birthday came. So it went from Bryce Harper is just like getting all of the love and then Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, even an injury took over for like one day. And I was yeah. like, just let Bryce Harper have his weekend, Trout. Go away. <laughs> then Bryce, Bryce Harper comes out in a press conference and it's like, birthdays are just a game. Just smile that you're having birthdays, that, that you're not dead. Yeah, he's like, just smiles that we get to appreciate birthdays and, you know, move yeah. on. But, you know, it's going to be weird. Also, Pete Alonso, I think he shaved his beard for this press conference because he looks like – this might be a little bit mean. But he kind of looks like a freshman in high school trying to pass as somebody who can legally buy alcohol, but he mm. can't. He looks very young in the press conference. I don't know what he did, but he looks like he looks like me without a beard. Pete Alonso, I'm, it's so interesting to see where he'll be at. PR wise in like five years because he's an interesting character yeah he's in and when he's on I think people love it but the Mets fan is Mets fan base is very harsh as we know and Pete Alonso was that type of not hateable player but his style of play I think a lot of people don't like so I don't know like he's gonna have to if he plays really well I think people will love it but if he's just like still playing if he's like a okay player but has this like superstar energy which i love i don't know people might hate that like i don't know if he's gonna be able to survive in new york for a while see i haven't been able to stop like him as a player i don't mind and him as a guy like he seems like a nice i have no issue with him like don't take this as me slandering him but every time he says something now i always just want to ask about the because he remember that like claim about like the mlb doctoring balls year in year Mm. out kind of just no one ever brought that up again he kind of just i was like so what was that i was like could we go back to that because that feels like there's a lot of meat on that bone and nobody's ever talked about it since so i was like wait a minute i I think his thing is throwing around meatless bones and he's kind of shock factor press conference he tries yeah he's an entertainer in the press conference but not like he's i think he doesn't have a filter kind of with that like just smile you're watching the game most players probably think that but they're not going to say it Pete Alonso's kind of out there. He's like, yeah, I'm the best power hood in the league. The MLB changes balls. I'm I'm legally a polar bear. Stuff like that. He's just got no filter. I kind of love that, honestly. If I'm Because, like, how many times do we get, like, press conferences and they, like, say nothing? So if someone's going to come out and say something, I'm into it. So good yeah. for you, Pete. All right, Jack, we have to do it. The people have been clamoring for it. Let's get sad for a second. The Boston Red Sox are on the worst losing streak of the season. They've lost 9 out of 12. They just lost 3 out of 4 to the Toronto Blue Jays, while the Yankees and Blue Jays are both getting red hot. The Red Sox are literally ice cold. They're 2-8 in their last 10, while the Rays, Yankees, and Blue Jays are all 8-2 and two in their last 10. 
It's really sad times. Jack, what's wrong with the Boston Red Sox? What's going on? What What's happening to us? I think everything that everyone thought was going to happen is happening, except for us naive Red Sox fans who built up hope, and you never know what's going to happen. But the trade deadline was kind of a wake-up call that this is not our season. And for other teams, they, like the Blue Jays were like, it might be our season, though. The Rays are like... I think it's our season. The Yankees are like, it has to be our season. And the Red Sox saw that, and they're like, we might just go on a losing streak and try to get a nice little draft pick. So I don't I don't know how much, I don't know how harsh to come in, because I know we're in the middle of a cold streak and we'll, we will be overreacting, but at the same point, it doesn't feel like a comeback is happening soon. This might be, this might be an overreaction. This feels like the worst... I've ever felt I felt about a. I felt this is the worst losing streak I've been in as a Boston Red Sox fan in a little while like it's been yeah, it's be, been some time this is brutal because last season it was just all bad true season 2019 before, there wasn't the 9 out of 12 though and like the ways they're losing these games like today the series finale against the Blue Jays they're up in the eighth inning they bring in Matt Barnes and he gives up a free run go ahead home run to George Springer and it's just like brutal and the baseball itself is bad and it feels like there's no response and it's bad especially after the Heim bloom at the trade now I don't think that the trade deadline had an impact on this team like I don't think that they looked at it and said oh the front office doesn't believe in us we're gonna stop trying I just do believe that I do agree with you on the urgency thing it was eye-opening like oh the Red Sox have the least urgency of any team in their division which is not what you want to see when you're like you're trying to win a World yeah, Series. And, and I do think that could have changed if the Red Sox went out and got Barrios and Rizzo, which would be I agree. dumb moves. But if they did that, they probably don't lose 9 out of 12. I agree. I don't think the energy of the team has changed, but I do think that not trading for a pitcher at the deadline, there was only – the Red Sox had 32 of like 60-something wins were comeback wins at one point. Like yeah. there was an unsustainable style – that was clear to everybody and not addressing that. I don't think it affected. I don't think the players are like giving up, but I just think water finds level and water's finding level a little bit right now. It's like, if you have bad pitching, you can't eat no matter how good you're off. Look at the blue Jays. No matter how good your offense is, you just can't sustain that because good pitching always beats good hitting. And they do have sale and how kind of to add in, but so on paper, that's like really exciting, and Sale is could be the spark. He's pitching the fourteenth for his debut for the first time in two years, which is will be exciting. But it's like no one else is good. Like our four starters that were like killing it, but not even killing it. But we like convinced ourselves they were good. Now it's like oh no, they just fully suck. So I had I had my moment when I realized that the Red Sox were in real trouble. It's when I found myself getting very excited that Chris Sale was going to save us. I knew yeah, we were like, in trouble. Oh, yeah, I was like, Chris Sale starting Saturday. If we can just make it to Saturday, we'll be okay. And that's that moment when it happened in my head. I was like, oh, we're in trouble. Because Chris Sale, even if Chris Sale is 80% of what Chris Sale was, that's like a top 15 pitcher in baseball. Because when he's healthy, he's a top five. So even if he's that, that's still not enough for the other four days is a week and 
the struggling bullpen and just it's not enough, especially with like so I had that moment realization where I was just like, oh, we might we're in we're kind of in trouble now. Yeah. I think at the end of the year, we'll look back and say people probably a lot of people be like, we should have made moves at the deadline. I don't agree with that. I think we'll look back and be like, Heim built a really magical offense, but he didn't build a pitching staff because we didn't have the tools yet. And then next year, maybe we build a pitching staff. We try to keep that offense. But at this point, the pitching staff is in ruins and it doesn't even feel the offensive magic. It seems completely gone. We can't do anything Um, like that. Bogarts, Devers, and JD were going nuts for the first half. Now it seems like they're just, like, they are not carrying the team. And when they're literally not scoring eight runs a game, we lose nine out of 12. So just to be fair, because we go in hard on every other team, I think we have to be fair here. If the Red Sox don't make the playoffs, is it a disappointment? Right now, like today. Oh, I mean, I'll try... I'm yeah. saying yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you asked me two weeks ago, it would have been 100% yes. There wasn't a world yeah. where they didn't make the playoffs two weeks ago. Yeah. I so, think until they had lost, what, like six in a row, you were probably you were kind of on the, we still got the division. Uh, yeah. Now I'm kind of like, we might not make the playoffs because I'm also a super yeah. emotional fan just in general. Yeah. It, yeah. But, All this is going to sound so dumb. Even listen, listening back to our old episodes after this is going to be like, how were we saying, like, how did we not see the issues? When, well, that's like, the, the beauty team... of baseball. It's an emotional roller coaster. You tune yeah. in here for hype and excitement, not for stats. Like, we ride the emotions of the team. That's the beautiful thing about the baseball season. And then when you reach the offseason, you're absolutely wiped out and you're ready to go again. And, like, I'm off. Because it's emotionally yeah. draining. Like, following a team day in, day out for 162 games is an emotional, jeez, it just dumps yeah. you out. Now that we just got sad about the Red Sox, I feel like we should just knock another one off the check box. Another sadness? We we talk a lot about the Yankees. We love talking about them when they're playing bad and disappointing. And now they're looking so good. This is the month of the Phillies and Yankees, two teams that people thought would be better in the first half. They weren't. And now they're really hitting their stride, which is scary. The Yankees have lost, what, one or two games since the All-Star break? They lost the uh, the series finale to the Mariners. They got shut out, but they won two out of three against the Mariners who were on their heels for the wild card. And, Jack, I have to admit something to you and the people of Boston and our fans as a whole. Um, Let me guess. You kind of like the team? No. Okay. Close. But I did find myself watching the Yankees team because I watched both the first two games against the Mariners. I watched about like, a couple innings, like the end back half of the game. I found myself looking at them and being like, uh-oh, this team's got some fire. They got the exact same. They got the effect that we talk about, the dream trade deadline effect. Hey, yeah. if you just get something, you could spark and you might have a chance. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go and win because I don't think – I think they'll make the playoffs maybe. Like, I still think that this is, like, the hottest they'll be, so let's see how bad they look when they slump. But I found myself checking, like, Googling the Yankees score and being like, I saw that they were down, and I'm like, they're going to win this game. And that's how I knew. I was like, damn it. It's like, dang it, they got me. They're a good team. They added Rizzo and Dello at the deadline. So their lineup is 
actually insane if they can stay healthy. They all do have COVID right now, but... And they're still winning. Yeah. Which kind of been this... That's the only reason the Yankees are where they are. Their best winning streaks have come when their best players are out, which is kind of weird. Or, like, remember on paper, 20, best players. Remember in 2019 when, they're like, everyone got hurt, but they won, like, 108 games? Why does it always feel like when the core of the Yankees gets hurt, they get hot? I think it's because... Now, this we're getting hot takey here. This is... Wilson, edit this out. I am a Red Sox fan. But the Judge Stanton kind of, like, monster thing that people really love and when they're hot, they're so good... Day to day, sometimes a player who's going to get on base and just, like, play every day can be more consistent, I think. So I think losing Stanton, like, for the Yankees or, like, losing Judge for a couple months, the Yankees can bounce back from that, I think, better than people assume. Because Stanton, you can't replace Stanton hitting 500-foot home runs, but if you have a guy who's going to play good right field or a good center field every single day and just hit a couple doubles... That's going to help you win games just as much, if not more. Well, I, what, I agree. I also think that is smaller sample size. When you get those players in, they can get hot for two weeks and like yeah. bring all that energy, and it just gets you overexcited. And you can rotate, guys. You don't have to be like, we have to play Stanton here because we gave him a bajillion dollars. That is true. Also, the, lo- the Yankees are very hot. They look scary good. I'm concerned. As a Red Sox fan— they could not get hot at a worse time because they're red hot. The Red Sox are ice cold. So the game division is now down to four between them. And it's just like, it's very upsetting after the first half of the season where I did a fair amount of trolling. Now Yankees fans are trolling me on Twitter and I can't handle Guys, I can't handle being trolled. Yeah, I'm soft. It's been rough. And one thing I wanted to point out about this team too is kind of similar to the Red Sox. The pitching was like, oh, you got a good high end, but what is the rest? The Yankees pitching staff is so good. They're, I don't understand how the rotation has been so good. They've Jameson been Tyone has been killing it. Domingo Herman has been good. Cole has been really good. And it's like whoever they put out there, they're just like surviving games. But also like their starters, have, like who would have guessed they would have been this good? Even without Kluber, like he's not even been a factor. Or Severino, who's also been out. I think he's supposed to return from Tommy John. Similar to Chris Hill. I think they got it around the same time. So we, he, mm-hmm. I haven't heard as many updates on him, but Yankees fans, let us know. Where is where is he at? The last thing I want to say about the Yankees. Yankees fans, there you go. You're good. We're bad. Be happy. I'm sad. Ooh, bars. Bars. But guess how – did you know Aaron Judge is older than Bryce Harper? Yeah, Judge is 29. That's and he was a rookie. off guard. He was a rookie three years ago. That's crazy to me. Because I always feel like, oh, the Yankees are building their core around Aaron Judge. And it makes every time I learn more and more about, like, the intri- – I guess because I'm not a Yankees fan. I don't pay attention to these things. It's like, Judge is 29. No wonder the Yankees are more all in now than, like, they – that's why, like, the moves make more sense, like, being so aggressive. Yeah. It's like, oh, you have to sign into a long-term contract soon, and he's going to be, like, 31 years old. Yeah, Judge is a really weird star, which is probably a reason he hasn't, like, really fully blossomed into the stardom role that he has the talent for, because he did get into baseball so late, and he's been hurt so much early in his career, that it's like, oh, yeah, like, it's it's a weird, it's like a, there isn't a lot of that that story, where it's like, it's almost like that, like, Brandon Whedon. (laughs) Drafted out (laughs) when the Browns drafted him, and he was, like, 30. It's kind of like that story. But it feels like he's still 23. Exactly. I feel like he's 25. Aaron Judge and Bryce Harper are both in the primes of their career right now. It's crazy yeah. to think about because Bryce Harper's been Which in baseball that, for 10 years. That makes sense. But I think we're we're so used to like 
the stars of the game being 20, that it's like, oh yeah, there is like 30 year olds kind of are, can be dominant too. Oh, for sure. You can be dominant at 30. You can be dominant at any age, really, in baseball. Look at Nelson Cruz. But it just kind of caught me off guard because I thought he was a little bit younger. But anyways, Yankees are hot. They're not. Jack, can we get happy now? Maybe. Because I I think we're going to be really happy because we're talking about uniforms. The Field of Dreams. We didn't talk about this last week. The Field of Mm -hmm. Dreams game is happening this week. I believe it's August 12th. Thursday, August 12th is the Field of Dreams game in Iowa between the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees, and they revealed their uniforms. Have you gotten to take a look at these bad boys yet? I did. And they also, I want to talk a little bit about the game, but first, Jack, what is your assessment on the White Sox uniform first? Because those are the ones that really caught the eyes of the internet. White Sox ones are better, I think. Agreed. They're... The White Sox tried, at least, I feel like. Yeah. Well, also, I don't think... They didn't have a lot of options. They, it's very deep throwback. I think it fits the game. It might look a little weird on the field, but they are playing in a cornfield. So I think it matches. I think for the assignment, they understood the assignment. I think I'm going to give them like probably a B plus because it'd be weird. Like they can't do something new. Like I don't know what people really want from that. Like it's a throwback White Sox, throwback Yankees, kind of baggy, weird looking, but it fits the environment. I love it. I thought that White Sox crushed it. Like, it has the, we're playing in a cornfield, this is 1930, you can get drunk while you play the game energy. That's what I saw. Like, oh, we're going to play, and then we're going to go to war in a year. That's how I felt. That's why it fits, like, Lance Lynn really well, because he's, like, this burly, like, he's closer to looking like a Babe Ruth era player than someone, like, any other, like, Craig Kimbrell. Or, like, Tim Anderson. It's like, you know, they need a tight jersey. They need to, like, be looking good in it. I agree. Craig Kimbrough did look like he was a lumberjack in them. I was like, oh, he could probably shuck some corn, dude. Yeah, he could handle my wood. Have you ever shucked a corn? Shucked a corn? I have. Judging how you said it, I'm guessing you haven't? I didn't. I feel like I said it wrong, but at the same time, I still am not quite sure what shuck means, but it's a fun word to say. I think shuck would be basically peeling. It's kind of like peeling a banana, but it's like taking all the leaves and weird white stuff in it. You know what I'm talking about? People yeah, at home why do, why do some fruit have like weird white lining on it? Like an orange, I open so it and I'm just like, now I'm going to be here for days peeling this off. Do you think corn is a fruit? Not anymore. <laughs> There's, uh, there's so much happening. Um, <laughs> I don't anymore. I've learned. I've evolved during Wait. this podcast. I no longer think back. corn is a fruit. You, you're comparing the white kind of pulpy stuff on an orange to that white thread inside of a corn. I think they're similar. Why aren't they similar? They're both weird white threads. It kind of looks like worn out dental fr- floss like taped around your orange. That's true. It is a very like... If you were an alien and you came down and you saw corn, you'd be like, oh, this is, like, made by a machine. It, it's not exactly. a very natural-looking... I just... What is corn? A carb? No, that's not a type of it's food. A, corn's a vegetable, I think. What, it's starch. Is it? So, yeah. wait, corn's not a vegetable? I don't... Th- I think technically not. I think we're going to have to go to the internet machine for this one. Well, it's like a potato. Potato's not technically a vegetable. Potato's a vegetable. I, if anybody tells me potato's not a vegetable, then I don't want to be your friend anymore. Well, I think it's a starch. Okay, 
A starch does not count as a, a subgenre of fruits and vegetables. You're, yeah, you're kind of living in that same like tomatoes a vegetable, even though it's a fruit. Kind of like there's vegetables and fruits. Yes, based a potato on is a if vegetable. It's in a fruit salad Suck. or a normal salad. Potatoes are a vegetable. Suck a butt. I don't know if that's true. They say potatoes, yams, and cassava, which I've never heard of. That's made up. Are vegetables. Google potato starch. Potato starch? I feel like that's just like something that comes in a weird bag at Stop and Shop that your mom's like, oh, get me potato starch for this recipe, and you spend nine hours trying to find it. You probably spend nine hours trying to find it because I don't know if that's a thing. They say potato starch is a starch extracted from potatoes. So maybe it's something that comes from potatoes. And also bananas have that weird white lining too. That, yeah, it's like it's like nature's floss. Google, <laughs> you're just coming on with a journey with us now, listeners. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we're guys. I'm so sorry. This is the dumbest we've ever been on the podcast. <laughs> no, I feel like people would could relate to this unless you're like live on a farm. Google, what is corn? Because is it corn that's a starch? If corn's a vegetable, then I will just be mind blown. I'm still not completely convinced that starch is a real thing. If we're being completely honest, I mean, I don't really know what it is. I just have heard it. Okay, now we're now we're in the leaves. Maize, also known as corn. Wait, corn's a nickname? Maize. 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 Oh, maize. <laughs> maize. Okay, so corn is a nickname for something else, apparently. Is a cereal grain. So I think it's so a it, like, grain. So it, like, kills people? I see. I guess. Is corn a fruit or vegetable? Corn may belongs to the... Okay, so it's neither. But I think it's, yeah, it's classified as a, a grain. So it's neither a fruit nor a vegetable. Okay, sorry. We were shut down by the FBI. Apparently, we were getting too close to the real truth about the vegetable industry or the starch industry, as they call it. So our, there's a drone outside my house. I don't, I don't know what's happening. Wilson was supposed to – Wilson's our lookout. He's supposed to warn us, warn us if anyone yeah. was coming, but apparently they bribed him for like $2.12, and he said yes. So yes. worst lookout and- of all time. And they shot him in the foot. So now he's injured. Who's going to edit the pod? No pod. This might not ever reach the internet. So if you guys do, please send help. We're in trouble. Everything around this podcast right now is crumbling in shambles technology-wise. So if you guys are seeing this, thank you for watching. Yeah, it, it, it was a grind. But we got through it, Jack. We got through it. Any closing baseball thoughts before we get out of here? Anything you want to else get to? I have one point I just want to mention. Okay. Brock Holt threw the slowest pitch in MLB history at 31 miles per hour, and it gave me hope. As somebody who throws nothing but salad for a living, it gave mm-hmm. me hope. I could one day pitch in the MLB. You could. I actually, we're on the same wavelength because I'm making a TikTok video about that right now, and I had similar jokes. So maybe you've seen that TikTok video already. I'm just saying our romantic chemistry is there. You will never acknowledge it, but it's there. I don't, I don't know if... I don't it's know there. why did it's, you say romantic, it, though. There's dashes of it. It's just, there's hints. It could be there's there. Hints. There's if hints. You, that's, there's hints. Admit it. All right. There's okay. hints. Okay. We should get out of here, though, because our technology is going to fail us. But thank you guys for listening to another episode of the We Got Us podcast. You guys, like, subscribe, turn the notifications on. This podcast was brought to you by us. Wow. Sponsoring our True. own episode. How about that? Leave a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, or just go and go do it. Why not? Instagram, TikTok, we got us baseball, Twitter, we got us BB. Also, we have a big announcement coming next week, guys. So stay strapped in. Big stuff coming. 
going to be a fun end of summer for We Got Ice. A little stay, stay in chilly in the high heat. And then the fall is going to be the craziest couple months of We Got Ice so far. The, we're going to go crazy for the playoffs. You guys hopefully will enjoy that and just stay buckled in. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be awesome. But the big announcement next week, I want to see wrong answers only in the comments. Guess what the announcement is. Let's see what it is. I want to see some funny answers. Yeah. But we'll be back on Friday with another episode of the podcast. So as always, guys, take it easy and stay chilly. Peace. Peace.